Thanks for joining us on Our Father's House's weekly podcast, A Place to Find God. Each week we bring you a sermon from our Sunday services where you can be uplifted and grow in Jesus on the go. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to ofhorangeburg.com. We'd love to get to know you. Now let's get to this week's message. Put your hands together for Jesus. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. It's all about him. Father, we just bless you this morning. You do make us stronger. Oh, God, because of you, we live. It's in you we live. It's in you we move, and it's in you we have our being. You are our firm foundation. You're the rock on which we stand. When everything else is shaken, we'll never be more, we can never be more glad because our faith is in you, oh, God. We magnify you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming this morning. You're welcome in this place. Do what you want to do. Have your way. We just bless you today. Let the word come forth and let there be an anointing that would make teaching the word easy and let receiving the word be easy. We bless you this morning. We honor you and praise you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Thank God. Amen. 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 You may be seated in this presence. I honor the Lord today just for who he is. God is a good God. Yes, he is. I really bless the Lord for Bishop Ed. Thank God for the, he's the bishop in this house. Amen. Amen. I live with him, so I know him. Amen. And plus, I have this gift of discernment, so I really know him. Amen. So I bless God for the man I live with. A a true example of the word, a true example of, uh, he lives what he preaches. Amen. And I'm so grateful for that. I, I, I thank God, too, as he was saying, I'm so... You know, I'm glad God made me like I am. If you understand what I'm saying. I'm glad, and everybody should be glad. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. So he didn't accidentally make me what I am. He made me who I am. Amen. And I'm just so grateful for it. On this African American Heritage Day, we, as Bishop said, um, our church is multicultural. We are blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. You know what? We've traveled. We've traveled. We've ministered several places, not only just in the U.S., but in the, in the world. And we've lived in different countries. And we have been blessed to see how different people praise the Lord. I've learned some things in my life. I've learned some things in my life, and and. What we do, in, or the way we do it in America, doesn't have to be the only way. Amen. That's true. That's true. Amen. Amen. People love the Lord all over the world. All over the world. And God is working through them all over the world. Things that I was raised to think was wrong. People do those things and loving God and God using them and they're going about their business not even thinking. Some things we were taught that was not necessarily scriptural, that wasn't necessarily scriptural, but we found that it's all about loving God from the heart. And I'm not talking about things where the Bible says, dude, this is wrong. and this. I'm not talking about things we know is sin. I'm talking about where Mark writes, where the traditions of men have made the word of God of none effect. But I bless God that even so, when he sent us back here to the U.S. and planted us back here in Orangeburg, I've learned and 
and, and it, it's really something, and I'm just going to say this and going to get into the word. It's really something how and we spent over 13 years in Jamaica, but now we pastor a church that's predominantly Jamaicans. Amen. And that, that right there blows my mind. Blows my mind. Uh, it really, so I understand y'all. <laughs> I understand, I understand how you think. I really do, because I had to learn to think like you so that I could survive in a different culture. Amen. And, and it wasn't bad either. It wasn't bad. It, y'all, it, some stuff happens over there, as does some stuff happen over here. It's a lot of stuff happening over there. But, <laughs> but it's, there are, I've, I've learned that in, while I lived in that particular country, people love the Lord. You know, and I'm not, I'm not preaching Jamaican today, but I'm just going to say this. We had to go and they asked us to come and talk at a school one morning, one morning. And so I asked the principal, I said, you know, what's my limitations? How far can I go and say, God, oh, you, you, there's no limits here. There's no limits here. As a matter of fact, the national anthem of Jamaica, and I'm just talking about Jamaica this morning. We talked about another country another day, but the national anthem of Jamaica is a prayer, is a prayer. In school, everyone, our twins graduated high school there. They did their, all of their high school in Jamaica. And and they would have to pray every morning. The principal would get up and rebuke the devil and say, uh-uh, not up in here. Satan, you a liar. I, ooh, <laughs> you understand? So it was a blessing. You learn that our way is not the only way. And we, just like Bishop said, we prayed for multicultural church, and that's what God has given us. And I have, we, we have met beautiful people from so many different countries who love, love, love the Lord. Amen, amen. So we, we bless God for you this morning. I want to get into the word. Again, thank God for our, our angelic praise dances. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. I love those girls. I really, really do. Amen. Amen. And parents, we bless God for you. Even with your busy schedules, you still bring them here. Amen. And you put up with me when we run over. Amen. But we thank God. You can see the results. Amen. Praise God. There is a word that the Lord gave me a couple weeks ago, and then um, Bishop Oliver came. We asked him to come and speak last Sunday, and we were so blessed. But then he spoke right on the same lines of that same word that God had given me. And I want us to first turn to John 3.16. Let's go to the word. John 3.16. Hallelujah, Jesus. This is a scripture we learned in Sunday school when we were little, when we growing up. I think all of us can quote it just where it is. For God so loved the world. Let's say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We're going to talk. We're going to just kind of use that as our base scripture this morning. But let's just see how the Lord takes us, all right? I want to say this, this, just this today. Everything that God does, Satan tries to imitate it. Everything. He's jealous of God. <laughs> it really, I really marvel at the fact that the, the creature, a creature whom he made, who God made, now wants to, wanted to make himself equal with and above God. The word tells us 
that he said that he was going to exalt in Isaiah the 14th chapter, he was going to exalt his throne. Now he had a throne. Now whether he set that throne up for himself or not, I don't know. I haven't found that in the word, but he said it was his intent to set his throne. He said, I'm going to exalt my throne above that of the most high. Even in that, that should have told him something. I'm going to exalt my throne above the most high. So how you already know he's higher than you, he's greater than you, but yet you're going to try to usurp God, somebody who made you. See, because what you make, you can destroy. But let me just go on. And then in Revelation, the first chapter in the ninth verse, it goes on to tell us that God had him thrown out of heaven. God put him out. He put him out. And not only did he put him out, but he put out one-third of the whole angelic hosts. All of them had to go. Why? Because Satan wanted to be and do what God did. Pride is not your friend. Say that with me. Say, pride is not my friend. Is not my friend. Satan is the great copycat. When we look at the word, the Bible says that the sower, Jesus, he sows the, he sows the seeds. But then the word also says that Satan sows tares. Anything that Jesus did or, or the word or God did, Satan tried to copy it. Jesus has apostles. Satan has false apostles. God has his children. The Bible tells us that Satan has children of disobedience. People worship God. Satan even tried to get Jesus to worship him. God has a kingdom, which is the kingdom of light. And Satan has a kingdom, which is the kingdom of darkness. All that is in the world, the Bible tells us, is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. But the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Everything God does, Satan tries to do the same thing. He can't achieve the same because, number one, his heart is not pure. Well, let me go on. But he is a master of copycat. So Jesus came, when Jesus came, we know and we've heard this, that Jesus came to teach a whole new doctrine. They had the law. They had the law and, the, and, and they couldn't keep the law because of the darkness that was in, say, in their heart. Oh God, help me here. When Adam sinned, I, I, need to, I wasn't planning to go back here, but when Adam sinned, before Adam sinned, God told him, don't eat of the tree of uh, the knowledge of good and evil. He said, because if you eat of this tree that day, you're going to die. Yeah. Go back and read over, I think it was in Genesis 3, around in there. So he ate. They ate. He, Adam and Eve ate. He didn't die graveyard dead that day, but he died a spiritual death. And from then, death was passed down through generations. It was a, a Spiritual death where Satan came in and captured the heart of the man. Every, remember how David said, he said, I was born, I think it's in Psalm 51, I was born in sin and shapen in iniquity. That's what he was talking about. He was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And that came only as a result of the sin 
of Adam where Satan came in on the inside and captured the soul and the spirit of a man. Are we understanding? So now, even though God gave them a doctrine, gave, gave them the law, and I was just ha happened to be reading this the other day, and I just happened to just like this scripture right here. I'm just this little sidebar. Remember where the word says that um, God gave Adam, not Adam, I'm sorry, Moses this, this, the tablets of stone, the law. But it said that it was written with the finger of God. I just like to say that. That just sounds good to me coming off of anybody's tongue. The law was written. Just imagine if God gives us something that he takes his finger and writes with. And I just want to throw this in there since I'm over there. Something that precious, that precious, the things of God, let's not forget that the things of God are precious. Yes, yes. The word of God is precious. Moses got so mad, he forgot God had written it and threw it on the ground and broke it. He got upset because of sin in the camp. That's another whole message anyway. Let's go here. Jesus came to teach the people a whole new doctrine. He came to teach the way of the kingdom which is something that was foreign to them. So let's go to Matthew, the fifth chapter in the 43rd verse. Jesus was teaching and he said this, ye have heard that it had been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you that ye may be the children of the Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if we love them which love you, if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if I salute your, if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans do the same? I want us to really look at this passage of scripture. Remember, we're talking about two different laws here. We're talking about a master Satan who's a master copycat. Love your enemies. That's Jesus' way. Bless them that curse you. Satan would say... Uh, <laughs> You've heard it written that thou shalt, thy shalt, mm, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate your enemy. That's Satan's way. But now Jesus is coming here to teach. You're supposed to love your enemies. Love my enemies? But, but they did, da-da-da-da-da-da. Love your enemies. Do good to them who hate you. This is all the character of God. He said, because you're children of your heavenly father. For, and this is something that I really want us to look at. And this we have to see the love of God. God allows it to rain on the good as well as the ugly. God doesn't differentiate. I'm going to let only the sun shine on the good people today and the rest Y'all deal with hurricanes and tornadoes. 
When God lets it rain, it rains on all of us. When a hurricane comes, it don't pass over my house. You understand what I'm saying? And I need to qualify that. I'm not saying about God not shielding us because God shields his people. Or he shields his people. That's not what I'm talking about. But it just doesn't jump over our city. When it, rain, when, when, when it rains, it rains on all of Orangeburg. Are we understanding what I'm saying? I'm talking from that perspective. And when the sun comes out, it comes out on all of Orangeburg. You have a garden, rainwater your good garden. You the good man. You have a garden, you don't get any rain on your garden because you, not, you don't love the Lord. That's not how God does. It rains on the good as well as the unjust. Amen. That's what we call, and that's bringing me to my subject this morning, the unconditional love of God. I want us to see that. The unconditional love of God. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew, but the New Testament is written in Greek. The Greeks had so many words for the word love. It had so many, but, and then each of those words in the Greek language had a different meaning. The, I'm just going to share a couple of them this morning. One is eros, and we've heard a lot of these, and probably you can teach them even better than I. Eros is that kind of love that Bishop and I have, that I have for him that he has for me. It's that husband-wife love. Then it's called storge. Storge is the love that refers to the family. That that we would have even for together here, just on the, in the natural family here, or either I may have with all of my brothers or sisters on, my, on either side of my family. That's or the, the, the love between a parent and a child or different family members. That's storge. Then there is another love, and we've heard about this one, and I'm, once I say this, you'll probably understand, philia. Philia speaks of a brotherly or sisterly friendship or affection. A brotherly or sisterly um, affection. And therefore, you heard the term Philadelphia. And it's called the city of brotherly love. So that's where that originates from. But now, it, 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 in this, Philia may be described as, as it were, the highest form of love that we as humans can manage, can deal with, or manufacture, I should say that, that we're capable of. Feeling is, is like the highest form of natural love. But there is another, there are other names, but these are just some I wanna talk about today. Even though the Greeks had other names for love, the type of love that we're gonna talk about today is agape. And we've heard it. Agape love is the God kind of love. And I want us to look at this. It's selfless. It's sacrificial. There are no conditions on it. Agape love is a love that loves without changing. It gives and shows no nothing that I'm looking for, nothing back in return. It loves only because it is love. There's no conditions, no, ooh, wow, ooh, yes, I'm getting interest on this. It simply loves. It's self-giving. It gives without demanding or ex expecting repayment. It is the love that loves even 
when it's rejected. Even when it's rejected, it keeps on loving. It doesn't say, you don't, hmm, I've tried now. I ain't trying no more. God help us. Now, I've tried five times. I done reached out. I reached out and she keep kicking me. But the agape love keeps loving. It keeps loving. And let me just kind of interject this. How many times have, have we not loved or served God the way we're supposed to, and he kept on loving? He didn't give up on us. He didn't change on us. But his love for us is so unconditional. Hallelujah, Jesus. This agape love is the love that is from God. And it is the love that's for God. God chooses to love regardless of what has happened. Why it happened. And even to whom it happened. Or through whom it happened. He still loves us. He loves us for free. Doesn't cost us anything for God to love us. He loves us for free. We can't buy it. On your best day, clear out your million dollar bank account. It still cannot buy the love of God. God loved the rich and God loved the poor. He loves what people deem as the high and what people deem as the low. He loves for free. We cannot change the love of God. In other words, unconditional love is God giving of himself just because he can. Not because he has to. He gives of himself. He gives of himself. It's sacrificial. We haven't loved until we sacrifice. I don't want to get ahead of myself. We see in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Go to 17. This scripture here, we know 3.16, but I want us to look at 3.17 here. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might what? might be saved God at the time had one child nothing takes God by by chance or, or surprise he had one child and before Adam sinned it was God already had a plan in place to send Jesus so that he could redeem us from the works of the devil Redeem us from the works of the devil. So here we're looking here in 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. He knew we were messed up. He knew. He knew we were full of sin. He knew. He knew we couldn't keep the law. But he didn't come down condemning us. He didn't condemn us and point the finger and, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you, mm, I tried, mm, no, mm -mm. but he sent him so that we through him might be saved. This is a prime example of unconditional love for us. Imagine this father who is so unselfish that he would send Christ into the world. 
He already knew the cruelty he was going to face. He knew of the problems, the, th the situation Jesus was going to go through. He knew all of that, but yet he still sent him, and yet Jesus still came. 2 Corinthians 5 and 19 says, To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing or not holding our trespasses unto them, and hath committed now to us the word of reconciliation. I want us to look at what this really looks like. In order to do that, we need to go to the, still back to the script. First John 4, and I want to look at this in the NIV. 4 and 7. I want you to really follow me and write these scriptures down. Go home and study them. Dear friends, this is the Apostle John talking. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. That's important. Everyone, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love if you don't love, and this, I, I was, as I was sitting and, and, and looking at this, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. I used to think this meant whoever doesn't know God, whoever doesn't love, rather, is not saved. I used to think that. But there are some folks who are saved who don't love. So it doesn't mean that they don't know God, that they haven't accepted him as savior. It means they really don't understand who God is. They really don't understand who God is. They don't know his character. They don't know all about him. They don't know that he reigns on the just as well as the unjust. They don't know that he loves in spite of. So whoever does not love, if you don't love, you really don't know God's character. You don't know him. You don't know who he is because God is love. This is how God showed us his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world, verse 9, that we might live through him. This is love. What real love is, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is nothing we did. I just want to show us this is nothing but unconditional love. And you know what? There is nothing that we do that ever, ever, ever takes God by surprise. Nothing we do takes God by surprise. He already does it. He already knows what we're going to do. He knows you're going to do tomorrow. He knew what you did when nobody knew it, but you thought you, thought you were the only one. He was right there looking. He was there. As a matter of fact, he knew you were going to do it before you planned to do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's how mighty and awesome and God he is. 
So nothing takes him by surprise, but yet he loves us just the same. He knows the deepest, darkest thoughts in your heart. He knows, baby, he knows how I really feel about you. He knows that. He knows, let, let's just say, for example, if I really didn't love him like I say I do, I can put all this, <laughs> do all the wife stuff, good and do it good. But God knows if I still have stuff in my heart about you. Nothing is hidden from God. Nothing. Nothing is hidden. Ephesians 5, 20, 25. And I'm going to look at this just for a bit. Ephesians 5, 25. And we stop, usually we stop here. We say, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That's right. You're supposed to love me. That's the word. Amen. That's the, we, we hang our hats right there. You're supposed, to, you're supposed to love your wife, Gary. As Christ loved the church. Look at Christ. You're supposed to sacrifice for her. You're supposed to cover her. You're supposed to love her. Oh, don't say that too loud, Chris. Uh, <laughs> uh, sharing it. But it's the truth, though, still. Say, you can say amen, because it's the truth. We've read the scripture often, and we stop right there. But I want us to continue on down in that. Look at what Christ did for the church. Now, I'm not saying this from the husband, even though I want you to, so I'm trying to let us see the level of sacrifice that Christ did for us. That, this is what Christ did. He, husbands love your wife, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it. He want, the church is the body of Christ. He gave himself for the body of Christ and cleansed it with the washing of, the, of water by the word. He'll cleanse, he's cleansed us, he's given us the word so that we could be washed that he might present it to himself. When I read this scripture, I had to get up, I went up and I went to show Bishop Ed, I said, Bishop, look at this, look at this scripture right here, look at what this says. He says, that, it, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church. He's going to take the church, he's cleaning us up, that he can present it to himself as a glorious church. He did all of what he did and he sent his word that we can be presented to him. He took himself. He given us all we need so that to, he can present it to himself as a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy, and without blemish. He has given us what we need that we can be like him. He's given us everything we need that we can be like him. Galatians, the fifth chapter. And the 22nd verse says, and we know in there, 22nd, 23rd down in there, how it speaks of the fruit of the Spirit. We've talked about this so much. He, when the Holy Spirit, at salvation, when the Holy Spirit came in, 
the spirit of God came on the inside. And when he came in, he came in with all that he is. Everything that God is came in at salvation. And if you look in Galatians 5, I didn't give you that. If you look there in Galatians 5, it speaks of the fruit of the Spirit, which is a capital S, which refers to the Holy Spirit. And we know that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is the nature of God. It's the character of God. It's who God is. It's what God is. And the first part of that fruit says what? Love. Uncon it's unconditional. We have now, because of God on the inside, because of his spirit on the inside, we can love unconditionally. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's look at this. Just kind of backtrack a little bit. Both God and Jesus showed unconditional love. God gave his son and Jesus gave his life. Both sacrificed. Both sacrificed for us. He's now in us and we've heard it so many times so that we can continue the Jesus ministry. I don't want to get ahead of myself. John, 1 John, 1 John 4. Let me go there for a minute. NIV. Dear friends, since God loved us so much, we ought also to do what? Love one another. 1 John 4 and 11. I'm sorry, 1 John 4 and 11. I believe that's where I am. No one has ever seen God, but if we, live, if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We've got to recognize, church, who we are. Hallelujah, Jesus. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. We know that. I can say that definitively because I know what he has done in my life it's not just head knowledge for me it, well, it's, it's an experience that I had to come to know him as the savior of my soul it's not just a head thing it's Jesus it's, it's just this simple as, as we learn down here Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are we, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. I learned that young. But not only did I learn that, but I learned that not only is because the Bible tells me, but now I know him for myself. I picked up that Bible and I read it. I listened to the preacher preach. And I found out, Jada, that he loves me more than I can imagine. I don't serve God because of my husband. 
I used to, when I was younger, my parents would, but I didn't serve God for my mom and my daddy. I didn't serve God for my pastor. I may have when it started out because I was scared I was going to hell, but I found out that his love is all compassion, compassion. He, I found out that he wants me to love him and have a love relationship with him for myself. I serve God now because I love him. I'm not serving him because I'm scared to go to hell. I'm not going to hell. I ain't going to hell. Hell is real. I ain't going to hell. I know y'all educators. I ain't going to hell. I serve God because I love him. I serve him because I love him. He has made me fall in love with him. His love, he has loved me so much, I've wanted to change my ways. Ugly ways in me that wasn't pleasing to him. I wanted to change my ways because I love him. Not because of my husband, I love him, but yes, some things I want to change because I wanted to do for him, but how much more so would I want to change for God? I, I'm in a marriage still because of God. I'm in a marriage still because of God. Because God is just good. He has made me fall in love with him. And I keep falling over and over and over and over in love with him. Because his love for me is amazing. I understand what the psalmist said. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I have fallen deeply in love with God. 1 John 4 and 16 says this. And we know and rely on the love of God, the, the love God has for us. God is love. It's not just what he does, it's who he is. He can't help but love us. That's his character, that's his nature. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And you know what else? There is such a security that I have loving God. There's such a security. Years, we've been married a long time. And Bishop Ed and I were talking one time, and we were just talking, just talking about, I don't, I don't even remember what all we were talking about, but then he said something. He said, um, you, you know, I don't know how we were talking about, kind of do what we, just talking, my husband about to talk or whatever. And he said, you ever notice that, like if we're in a hotel, I always sleep by the door? I said, no, I never noticed it. I mean, we've been married a long time. Brother, I never noticed that. All the trips we've taken and whatever. He said, do you know I always sleep by the door? And he said, and when he said it, it hit me. He sleeps by the doors on the side of the bed that's closest to the door so that I'm always safe. That's safety. That's security. I took it for granted that he just wants to see when he picked his side of the bed first. You understand? No. Mm -mm. But he always sits to protect me in case something went south. Are you understanding? Or in a restaurant. He never sits with his back to the door in a restaurant. 
That's and why is that? Because if somebody coming in to get something or to do something, he can see and watch out for me. That's the kind of security, and I just take that for granted. And I want you to understand what I'm saying. I, I would take that for granted. He just want to sit. Well, I want to sit. No, but he sits to protect me, and I'm secure, and I sleep well at night. I like to sleep with the bedroom door closed. If he ever he's not there, I sleep with the bedroom door closed. When he's home, he sleeps with the bedroom door. He wants to. I, and just the other night, he said, well, "Baby, you don't want to sleep." He gets up in the middle of the night when the sun starts coming up or early in the morning. The sun he closes the door so he can sleep longer. So I, because the lights, so the lights coming in. He says, he said, "No, I'll get up and close it later." He said, "But I want to keep it. I want to keep it open so I can hear if something is going on." I said, "Okay," and I just turned over and went to sleep because I'm secure. And I want us to understand this morning, that's the kind of security, even more so, that we, can ha that we have or can have in God. Security, things we don't even look at. His angels watch over us. His angels, we are kept from danger seen and unseen. Things other people die with, we still going right on. Folks have lost their mind and looking and we gone through so much more and we still standing. That's the unconditioned. And we didn't get it all right. Still not getting it all right. And yet he loves us unconditionally. My God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Unconditional love doesn't see a race. It doesn't see skin color. It doesn't see social status. <laughs> Unconditional love is quick to forgive. It doesn't hold grudges. It, 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 it's the God kind of love. Let me just kind of throw this in. You want to test your own spiritual maturity? See how quickly you forgive. God doesn't hold on to grudges. God doesn't hold on to grudges. God doesn't hold on to grudges. Because <laughs> if he held on to grudges... We wouldn't be where we wouldn't be here today. God forgives. He forgives. So that's the God kind of love. I need to hurry up. I need to hurry, 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 hurry. Hallelujah, Jesus. The God kind of love is sacrificial. I'll give of myself. We need, and what I'm just saying, we need to be willing to give of ourselves to help somebody else. And not even look for anything in return. It can't be all about me. What you got for me today? What you gonna do for me today? Me, 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 me. That's not unconditional. You, the God kind of love, loves us unconditionally and it loves us sacrificially he gave Jesus Jesus gave his life but some of us we won't even give time in prayer we won't even pray for others especially our enemies we won't pray for those who've done now we already in the boat we're in the ark of safety, as it were, the, in, in the kingdom of God. But there are those out there who heard us. You know sinners supposed to sin. Think about it. Sinners supposed to sin. 
They're they supposed to sin. They're supposed to do wrong stuff. They're supposed to talk about us, talk about people, not just us, people. That's what sin does. That's sin. We did it when we were sinners. Some still doing it now since you got saved. We sin. Sinners sin. But God's people are supposed to love. What would happen to us as the body of Christ if we started loving those who talk about us and start praying for them? How about if we pray that God saves them? It just might be that God would work in their lives. How about it is that we start talking about each other and love one another? It might just be we can make it to heaven together. It might just be they can experience unconditional love from us. And we can make it to heaven together. Bishop preached a message, I believe it was last year, beginning of the year. I believe it was last year. We are stronger together. Ah, help me, Holy Ghost. I don't even want to say that. The body of Christ doesn't have cliques. We're not sectioned off. One. Just like God is one. The body of Christ should be one just like him. And we should operate in that same oneness. And what would unite us? By this shall all men know that we are his disciples if we have what? Love for one another. First Corinthians 13, and we don't have to go there, but love is kind. We know that. Love is patient. Love is not envious. It's not boastful. Love is not proud. It doesn't put others down. It is always doing things that are going to benefit somebody else. That's what love is. It is not quick to get angry. In other words, it's not short-tempered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not rejoice. Read it when you get home. 1 Corinthians 13. I'm sure you've read it before. Love does not rejoice when negative things happen to people. I do something to you and I, and I fall and break my arm. I knew God was going to give. No, that's not God's way. That's not God's way. My mom, had, my mom said something one time before she went home to be with the Lord. She said, God will make your enemies your footstool. That's the truth. But she also said, you better not put your foot on it, though. God will put your enemy down, but you better not put your foot on it. And that's real. Love does not rejoice when negative things happen to others. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. And it always perseveres. Love never I want us to look at something. Oh, God help me here. My time is gone. God chooses to love. Love is a choice. We have to choose to love. We have to choose. I saw recently 
uh, an example of the love of God. I saw it. I saw it. This particular individual going through some situations. And if you deal with situations in the flesh, you're going to get flesh results. But when we deal with things in the spirit, we'll get righteous results. When the mindset changes from what you did to me to I'm going to love God's way. This particular individual said, I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. And we watched God work. You understand? But since God has taken up residence in us, We've got the same power that spoke the universe the devil into existence is on the inside. We're the children of God. We're the body of Christ. Things change when we pray. We're now God's hands and feet. We're God's hands and feet. We're co-laborers with God. With Christ. We're here to work for God. We're here to work for God. Regardless of what happens in our lives, we're never, ever, ever given the flesh luxury of not being who God has made us, and that is love. Never. Love bears all things. Love is patient. God, help help me. Help us to love your way. God wants to use us to show the world that he's real. He's moving, and he wants to use every one of us to help further his kingdom. Hallelujah, Jesus. Saints, we must love God's way. We got to love God's way. We got to love God's way. Amen. Bishop said something. And this has been on my heart. God is moving in this earth right now in revival. Revival. And Lord, I want to know you. I've been kind of reading on the revival that started in Asbury. Then I looked online one day, it's on the Yale campus. It's in, in a few more, uh, Stam, Stam, Stamford, Samford, not Stamford, Samford. It's in Kentucky, it's in Missouri, it's in New York. And it's moving across the world, across, I'd say the world. Because I, I guarantee you, in other nations, God doing the same thing. The Lord gave me a vision years ago, and I've told you about this before. I'm not one to see visions. I dream dreams, but I don't see visions. But I know I saw this vision this one time, Keisha. And it's like I was, I, I was in Jamaica, in, what was that? Linstead, in Linstead, Jamaica. And we were, we were doing a Bible study, because we would go up there every week to do a Bible study in the evening, and we were out on the veranda. And at the end of the Bible study, we were just praising God and worshiping after pr during prayer, just worshiping. 
And I saw, I saw like as it were, and I want you to follow me. I hope I can show this to you. It's like I looked up and, and I saw like a brass, like there was a brass dome over the earth, between earth and heaven. But this brass dome, let's say if this was the dome here, it had holes. Some holes were larger, some holes were bigger, but it was over the whole earth and where those holes were, you could see the light from heaven shining down. Might have been big, this, and you could, and I knew it was, I just knew that it was over, it was from heaven, it was the glory of the Lord, and it was shining in different places, just like from here. You understand? Are you, under, are you following? Can you understand what I'm saying? And it was shining in different places. But what I saw was this thing start to turn, and I could, like I could hear it turn slowly, but it was turning. And as it was turning, as it was turning, it's like, you know, like it looked like, uh, uh, like the pegs of an orange. Like if this was one, it got on top of this one, and then this one got on top of this one. Are y'all understanding? That, does that make sense? And it was turning. So over here, where it was turning, this was more open. And it wasn't, the, this glory light wasn't coming through different spots, but it was more open. It's like this thing was opening, like the heavens were opening. That's what it was, like the heavens were opening. And the more it opened, the presence of the Lord and the glory of the Lord filled the earth. I could see it. We were in prayer Wednesday, Wednesday 12 noon. And I saw it again, Brother Kofi. Bishop, I saw it. I saw it again. We all over the world, people all over the world have been praying for revival. We've been praying for it. We've been wanting it. We've been preaching about it. We've declared that revival is going to start in us. We've changed. When our hearts are focused back on God. Since God is poised and he's moving let us, every one of us, check our own selves. I have here on my paper, where is my challenge? I have a challenge for all of us. Let's ask the Lord to show us how to let love flow between us and them, us, each other. Show me how I can love better. Show me how I can love better. Ask the Holy Spirit to show to let to, to show us how to let unconditional love flow between the individual who we don't love, who we've given up on. That one that has caused us the most pain, the one that caused us the most. Help us. I'm just telling you what I have here. And this is, this is a message I've had most of this message since a couple weeks ago. As the Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit to show us what sacrificial love in us really is supposed to look like. Is it supposed to be me only for my convenience? And this isn't saying that I'm not supposed to take care of home. And that's not what I'm saying. But God, how can I show your love sacrificially? How can I show my love sacrificially to Bishop? How can 
he show his love sacrificially. Now, I'm not asking God how he can show his love sacrificially to me. But as a husband and wife, how can we sacrificially love each other? Each of us ask God. Because ministry starts at home. Ministry starts at home. Parents, how can you love your children sacrificially? Children, how can you love your parents sacrificially? How can we love God sacrificially? How, Holy Spirit, show us how we can love our offenders. How can we love our offenders? This is the challenge. How can we love the one that we declared, I ain't gonna never have nothing to do with her no more. Show me, God, how to love. Let me say this and I'm closing. God is poised to move. He's moving. Bishop said something years ago. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That was back in the 90s. And I never forgot this. He said, God's going to move. The question is whether or not we're going to be a part of it. Let's all stand on our feet. Sacrificial love. There is a song, and I should have asked you before, all the overwhelming, never-ending, matchless love of God chases me down, fights till I'm found, and it leaves the 99. God, help us today that we can love unconditionally. What manner of love is this that the Father hath bestowed that we could be called the children of God? Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands before the Lord. Father, here we are. Here we are, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Turn it down just a bit, please. So good to me. Come on, let's think about it. Before I took a breath. Before I took a breath. You breathe your life in me. And I want us to think about the words this morning. You've been so, so kind to me. The overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Think about it. It chases me down, and it fights till I'm found, and it leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it, but still he comes for me. Oh, the overwhelming, oh God. How many times do we know this was the big one this time? And I know God not going to forgive me this time, but yet he still loves us back to him. Come on, saints, let's just think about it. Let's begin to just lift those hands and bless him. If there's anything in our hearts between him and us, God, forgive me this morning. If I haven't shown you, you love I should have forgive me help me change me teach me how to love there were times when we were against God but it's still he fought for us he never gave up on us he never gave up on us the things we did that we think nobody knows he still knows and loves us just the same we didn't think we had nothing going for us. There are times, church, I didn't think I had nothing to do to live for. But he still came and got me. 
You've been so kind to me. Those of you who are online, come on, think about it. The overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. 99. I didn't deserve it. It's not that we deserve it. But you still give yourself away. All oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Thank you. Come on, right where we are, begin to talk to God in your heart. Lord, help me. Those things we're still struggling with, help me right here, God. Areas in my life where I've fallen, you help me right here, God. Things that I'm still going, where I'm still going haywire, help me right here, God. If I'm not loving, whether I, wherever it is, wherever it is, help me right here, God. Come on, every one of us, let's talk to him. God, help us this morning, Father. You're calling for us. To love you unconditionally. Not only to love you unconditionally, but to love the world unconditionally. Help us, God. Help me this morning. God, you're moving. I don't want you to pass me by. I don't want to be so consumed with this world and this life that I miss you, oh God. I want you to use me for your glory. Help me this morning, oh God. Hallelujah. Help me, Lord. Help me. Father, we bless you this morning. We bless you. We bless you for your overwhelming love. Your unconditional love. We bless you this morning, God. We give ourselves to you afresh. We honor you with our lives today, oh God. Honoring you with our lives simply means we'll live holy. And we'll depend on you for help. We thank you for it this morning, God. We bless you, we honor you, and we praise you. We thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We fight till I'm found. You leave the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming love of God hallelujah Jesus I want you to turn to someone just near you and share to share the love of God with them if it's all right if you don't mind just you could have been somebody you came to church with you may need they may need to feel your love turn to somebody close to your family you all of y'all are right there share the love of God with each other hallelujah Jesus just share the love of God with somebody hallelujah Jesus Hallelujah, Jesus. We're not in this thing alone. I don't want anybody to ever leave my presence and not have felt God's love. Amen? Amen. Church, I love you. I love you. And I want, I want to be the pastor that God wants me to be. One that I love unconditionally. Not only in the house, but we can take this love to go out to the world. For God so loved that he gave, and Jesus so loved that he gave. We need to so love that we now give. Amen. Don't you love the Lord? Come on, put those hands together and bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Put those hands together and bless the Lord.
Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated in his presence. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love him. I love him. I love him. I love the Lord. We know that you were blessed by today's message. We have to not only be listeners of the word of God, but also doers. To find out what your next steps may be, simply go to ofhorangeburg.com forward slash next. Come again next week where we will make sure you have a place to find God.